Hello, internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble in Little Podcasts, episode 113. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. And I'm Zach. And we are back here with some Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't even know how to do his fucking accent. It's just so crazy in that uh, the first movie that we saw. Um, but anyway, before we get into that, before we get into some blood sport, guys, what the hell you been watching, doing, playing, and whatever? Let's start with Zach. <clears throat> um, been playing Snatcher on Sega CD. Um, Red Alert on PC, and I watched this movie. I'm going to watch the first episode of Raw very soon this week. Same for our uh, our revival of Getting Some Color. Mm-hmm. The very first? You mean like its first broadcast? Yeah, like yeah, the first Raw. episode. Oh, cool. Um, and I'm reading uh. Hulk Gray by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, they did a series of uh, books for Marvel, I think. Geez, I think it was like real early 2000s, and they were all like color-based. It was like Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, and I think Daredevil Yellow, back when he used to be like yellow, and his his outfit used to be yellow and black or some shit. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty cool so far. Nice, nice. Anything else? Nah. All right, Andy, what about you? Um, I rewatched uh, Zodiac, you know, the the David Fincher movie about the serial killer. and uh, It's still spooky and cool, and I still really like it. I watched, um, I didn't really watch it much. I've been mostly in gaming. Uh, I w- rewatched a bunch of um, Parks and Rec. That's Ooh. the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal's in that. Also, it's funny because we were watching it, and we were like, there's two Avengers in this movie. Because Mark Ruffalo and Robert Downey Jr. are both in that movie. Yeah. But uh, I played and beat um, episode 104 of Sam and Max. It's hilarious, of course. Um, I've been playing a bunch of Snatcher. I've been playing a bunch of Luigi's Mansion. I've been playing a bunch of Tetris 99. I don't know if you want to hear about any of those things, but there they are. Tetris 99. What what level did you get up to before we started this podcast? 15 is the best I've done lately. Cool, cool. All right. It's up to me. So what have I been doing? And that is a good question. Uh, Since we started our little gaming thing, which uh, will will be coming out soon, uh, I started Deadly Premonition. And boy, that game is fun. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, I will say the aiming on that game is kind of a little wacky do. Uh, but I'm enjoying the the agent that's clearly being Cooper from fucking Twin Peaks. And just I like how the person uh, or wh- whoever created the game definitely had Twin Peaks in mind, but he made it his own. And it really shows in this. Uh, you know, with the whole, you know, Zach and Diane and, and Twin Peaks and all that. So it's, it's, it's truly interesting. Uh, I've almost owned episode one. I started that on Sunday. Uh, Monday was kind of hectic because I wanted to watch Bloodsport. <laughs> so I've been doing that. Uh, and then today, obviously, the, the podcast and then 
I'll probably get back onto it tomorrow. Um, what else did I do? Watched more Next Generation. Fucking love Star Trek. Uh, watched the Xbox Showcase, which we'll talk about later. Um, and just, I kind of peeked at the no crowd wrestling stuff again, and... Apparently, Sasha wasn't the champ, but now she is the champ with the Raw Women's Championship. So, I guess, okay. They're trying to feed off of the double champion thing when Triple H and Stone Cold had, you know, the ma well, they didn't have two major titles. I believe Triple H had the Intercontinental Championship and <clears throat> Stone Cold had yeah, the World Heavyweight. Yeah, that's right. So, they're trying to feed off of that storyline, which makes me think that wrestling in every promotion besides NWA does not have any type of creative skills. They always have to copy uh, old shit, and that's sad. So, um, what else? Oh, and I, I found out maybe uh, <laughs> to kind of go back, uh, an unfinished business game that I need to go back to since we kind of did it on our little beta shows that we did when we came back. Doom Eternal. I need to. I need to get back on that track. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, other you than never that, finish that, no. I just gaming, just... gaming and movies. They conflict a lot. But since we're doing our little project thing, gaming is going to be more than the movies this time around because I want to win, get points. Um, Ooh. but uh, yeah, that's all I've been doing is gaming. I can't wait to finish Deadly Premonition and maybe start off on Fear. Uh, that's another game I want to get into. But other than that, I guess we'll <laughs> talk about some John claude Van fucking damn uh, in Bloodsport. Oh boy. Do I love the 80s and 90s. Is this movie... If you're going to compare it to an Oscar-winning fucking movie, this, this movie's terrible. Um, but... This game, this this game, this movie has a lot Might of fuck. Well. <laughs> this movie has a lot of charm. Apparently, it was a biography about an actual guy named Frank Dukes who. It was a bunch of lies about a guy named Frank Dukes. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, What's up? I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm just gonna say this right now. Like, I thought the movie was all right, but honestly, a lot of the stuff surrounding it and behind it to me, were actually more interesting than what the movie was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree for the most part. Honestly, I didn't know much about it, but going into the movie, I already knew that it was a lie. But that's fine. Most movies are fictional anyway, so who cares? It could still be a good movie. Yeah. But oh, okay. yeah, it's it's just, it's uh, it's it's kind of interesting the more I heard about who actually was Frank, Frank Ducks. <laughs> All right, I'm not saying that the reports that it's a lie or anything maybe some things have been exaggerated maybe he did go to a somewhat kumite underground fighting tournament kind of thing but what i've been reading is that they don't really say they based off of certain people like well he was so into hollywood so that's why it's a lie or it could be a lie and it actually says if on amazon prime where i watched it and usually i hover my mouse over the browser and it tells me some tidbits and stuff and they don't they go and say it could be a lie 
now keep in mind Hollywood loves to exaggerate and uh, for God's sakes being the winner of a Kumite and like all that shit I don't know I think it's a little outlandish but it seemed like a lot of people were trying to shut down this guy quickly and to call him a liar and stuff, I, which I did hear that he said that he was an undercover agent, which I call that bullshit. For the CIA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, supposedly he has this military career and he's been accused of stolen valor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this stuff about the Kumite and all that and, I guess, his, his martial arts stuff. This didn't, like, happen all at once. It seemed to compound over the years. Yeah, at first people took him at his word and then like as time went on it became more and more clear okay well that part's not true okay well this guy who was backing up his story no longer backs up his story oh well this can't be verified oh well it looks like he never actually served served in any armed forces it's just like little by little people are like this guy's full of shit the biggest thing that was like full of shit about him was uh talking about his master the guy who taught him the the ninjutsu his name was like something Tiger Tanaka. And then somebody <laughs> pointed out, like, you know, that's like the guy from You Only Live Twice, the, the Japanese dude James Bond works with. And he's like, well, he based, he, uh, Ian Fleming based his characters off of real people that existed. That was, that was <laughs> what he said. True, that was who I guess. I didn't know that. That's hilarious. That's also weird that we would go into this movie from that. I know. That's why I brought it up. Huh. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fleming did famously base most of his characters on real people so i don't know um so apparently he was the fight choreographer if i said that right for john claude van damme and apparently yeah, he, he worked on the movie i mean the movie itself isn't supposed to be an exact recreation of what he said from what i understand his original story was that the kumite itself actually took place in the bahamas so mm-hmm. <laughs> uh john claude van damme in his movie uh I wanted. Was this his first ever movie? Let me look at his IMDb because it feels like this is his first ever movie. It's pretty early, but I don't know that it's his first. No, this is his one, two, three, four, five, sixth movie in his career. He started in 1979, apparently, uncredited. Uh, well, in a couple of these, uh, uh, Spectator in first dance sequence, uncredited. Like I don't know if I you, you need to count that one. <laughs> what about this one where it says Mon- uh, Monaco Forever Gay Karate Man as John Clavendale? <laughs> so, whatever. Hey, everybody could fight. He was uh, in Monaco Forever. Okay, I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, yeah, we can we can talk. Like, I, I really do think it. Uh, the stuff about Frank Dukes is more interesting. But we're here to talk about the movie. So I guess we'll try to talk about the movie a little bit and how it's basically the plot of every fighting video game from the last 30 years. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the trainer, by the way? I love the uh, when he was training Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm not even going to say Frank, but he, uh, training Jean-Claude Van Damme. And every time they zoomed on to the guy's character, like Jean-Claude Van Damme flipped and I just fucking laughed my ass off. And then he like he did one flip on camera, but most of it is just zooming in on him and like him being serious before he like laid some damage into him. Um, yeah. What country was John Claude Van Damme's family supposed to be? I'm guessing maybe Eastern European. 
I don't know. They said they'd come there to grow grapes and make wine, right? So I was thinking, like, maybe France, right? Uh, probably. Jean-Claude Van Damme himself is uh, from Belgium. Hmm. So, you know, French-ish, yeah. And hmm. that's why his accent might be so weird to you, Dubs, is because he's from Belgium. Okay. But <laughs> they're kind of like a mix of French, German, uh, Dutch. Dutch. Well, what really, like, threw me off a little bit is, like, they did a backstory of him, like, <laughs> three kids breaking into this, you know, uh, you know, this guy's <laughs> house to get his katana and shit. And the kid even had that weird fucking accent that John claude Van Damme had. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a lot worse than his, I thought. Like, yeah, it's, it's really, it, I, it's dubbed, I think, as far as I can tell. That was easily the worst scene of this whole movie. It was so <laughs> oh, By the way, another interesting like meta thing about this movie. This movie has some of the most hilarious IMDb trivia I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is um the flashback at the beginning of the movie is is 10 minutes and 56 seconds long, making it the longest flashback in movie history. Or something <laughs> like that. Are you serious? <laughs> no, there's no way that's true. That's impossible. <laughs> One be. of them is uh one of them is uh, 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 Chong Lee is from South Korea. It's like, yeah, it, there's the South Korean flag all over his shit. No that's shit. not trivia. That's just naming something about the movie. <laughs> Fucking There's a bunch it. of stuff like that in the, in the trivia for this movie on IMDb that's like, a child wrote this. This is, I don't, an idiot put this on here. <laughs> yeah, the, the beginning, was, you know. I, I give it credit because it, that's every 80s and 90s B-rated uh, movie uh, that happened. Like, oh, Jean-Claude Van Damme wants to fight in a kumite and he's in the military. Oh, your your superior wants to talk to you. And then he just runs away. <laughs> he I don't get that whole plot about them. Like, we got to stop him. Like, I don't understand. I what get it doing. Uh, because your property of the government. I'm guessing they know that the Kumite, they <laughs> fucking people die because Chong Lee kills people. But they say he's going on furlough. Like, it's none of your goddamn business what he's doing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, is it is it furlough or shore leave? Like, which uh, is it? Like, <laughs> furlough. I thought, I thought furlough was if you're getting out of prison for a little bit. No, as a man who works in the government, uh, furlough means that um pretty much you are on unpaid leave meaning that you are laid off until they call you again kind of like a reserve oh okay yeah so the, like, why the fuck do they care what he does at this point like yeah, it's silly the, like i said the only thing i could think of is that he's property of the government and maybe they know his skills and they didn't want that to go to waste by getting killed by chong lee um but they not, don't know who they don't. They don't know anything about the Kumite. They don't know who fucking Chong Lee is. That's the whole point. The the mystery and the the girl who's like, I gotta get a scoop on the Kumite. Nobody, all the outsiders don't know anything about it. By the way, shout out to Forrest Whitaker. By the way, yeah, yeah cool. what the fuck? Forrest Whitaker's in this movie. <laughs> I mean, barely, but he's he in. Was like, he was kind of in like a comedic role. It's kind of weird for him. Yeah, it was. It was very strange. No, the other, that oh, that that. Buddy cop duo shit was kind of weird to me because it felt like Forrest Whitaker was being the bad cop because he remember when he was uh, being the rude cop. Yeah, yeah, he would be like, "No, of course you know where Frank is. You know you're gonna tell us." And then the other guy would be like, "Thank you for telling us. Have a good day." And like, I mean, and 
And also, I'm sorry to interrupt, but another interesting connection to James Bond, which we just finished, uh, that guy, the other guy, the the white cop guy, whoever he is, he was Felix Slider in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Also, um, I just, I'm just now finding this out. He was in the Planet of the Apes movies, another big callback to, to old Big, uh, big Trouble episodes. But yeah, he was Slider in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Hmm. So Tanaka, Andy, since you're big into Asian films, have you ever? Oh, by the, I just noticed he's in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was Lao Che. Who is? Oh, um, the Tanaka guy, Roy. Uh, Roy Chow, I guess is his name. Oh no, he's isn't he the, the mobster in Temple of Doom? Right at the very beginning, the the prologue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Lao Che. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. And apparently he was in Game of Death. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of connections to this movie and other Bruce Lee movies, specifically um, Enter the Dragon, which it rips off. I'm yeah. sorry. Enter the Dragon is this movie, but better. Mm-hmm. If you want if you want to watch Bloodsport, it's fine. But honestly, just watch Enter the Dragon. It's way better. And also, um, it, but there's also there's a bunch of interesting connections, like uh, the guy who played Chong Lee is also in... Um, Enter the Dragon, and I think he does something in that movie. I can't remember. It's been a few years since I saw it. And Bruce Lee is—he breaks a board. That's what it is. He breaks a board, and Bruce Lee is like, "Boards don't hit back." And then like w- walks out of the scene all like a badass. And then in this movie, Jean Claude Van Damme breaks the brick, and Chung Lee gets to be like, "Bricks don't hit back." And you're like, "Oh, that's the thing." Bruce <laughs> <Lee told me." laughs> um, so. Since you guys are big retro video game uh, guys, what game was fucking uh, Jackson and Frank playing in uh, the lobby area with that little karate game? Did you uh, guys some Data East arcade game? It has a long, stupid, boring name like Karate of the Open Fists Pretty Maiden Edition or some bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, it's like one of the earliest. It might be like one of the first couple of examples of like the fighting game genre forming is, is that game actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that scene kind of dragged out a little bit. Um, that was kind of my, one of my low points. Uh, but Jackson, um, I love the character, but he's a stupid motherfucker as a fighter, but yeah, way, he's dumb, but he's my favorite character in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because he'll whack a guy and he'll be like, yeah, yeah, you see what I did? He's more like a wrestler. I actually didn't notice that he was uh, uh, one of the characters from, uh, oh, fuck, what was that one movie? It's nerd something, Jesus. Oh, yeah, Revenge of the Nerds, he's Ogre. He's yeah. the one who goes, <laughs> yeah. so, like, right in the camera. Yeah, that's him. Because a, a couple times in this movie, he, like, crosses his eye a little bit. And I was like, oh, my God, that's he's from Revenge of the Nerds. Because I didn't, I didn't know at first. And as soon as he did that, I was like, I know who that is now. <laughs> uh, and, and then, like, when he was doing I was like, is this a wrestler? Like, am I forgetting something? But no, it's just Daniel, Donald Gibb. He uh, he did a lot of B-rated movies and stuff. And he actually he actually did some recent movies. He was in Hancock, and and I, when I mean recent, I also mean 1998 with U.S. Marshals. <laughs> he was in there as well. Isn't Hancock so, more than a decade old too? That was yeah, yeah this, this, 2008. This point, yeah. <laughs> That's recent. I mean, we're going to be seeing a movie, JVCD, 
uh, or JCVD, which was in 2008. Maybe we'll maybe we'll see Donald Gibb. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll make a cameo. Um, the female person, like they the shoot object in the movie that he falls in love with. Yeah, they hey, they shoot. Got, you go, okay. Zach. I gotta say real quick. Do you do you think like he was kind of out of her league? Do you think Jean Claude Van Damme was out of her league a little? Because I thought so. Because I'm seeing the two of them together. I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work. Um, I, I, they shoehorned that fucking love scene so damn quick in that movie. Oh yeah, they wrote that last easily. They're like, oh shit, there's no chicks in this movie. Um, uh, the investigative reporter or something. Uh, he fucks her. Okay, whatever. And I, I, I feel like they were trying to shoehorn maybe a little backstabbing from that uh, woman. Not not like in the tournament, but but kind of like fuck him for to get into the Kumite, which she did. But like they like glance over that a little bit. They just added a line. Well, you know, I could do my undercover shit, too. And well, I don't she know. didn't stab him in the back. She just found her own way to get in without him. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's what she does, I guess. She escorted that dude who has all the money that likes to bet on Dukes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, best scene in the movie. Um, I don't even know the fucking names of the the, the little Asian dude that was like their chauffeur for Jackson. I, ne- I, I never did catch his name really. Um, I don't know it either. But I, I like he's like tourism in Hong Kong, but then there's like dark alleys and stuff, and they get to the, like these group of guys. And they're like, you know, bold face, serious face. And then like they smile and they go, okay, USA <laughs> fucking died. <laughs> well, the, the thing about that is that's a Kowloon, the walled city. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's another th- thing that's really interesting about this movie is I think this is one of the only movies where somebody was actually able to film in that area or something. They actually filmed it there. I It's... um. If you guys want to know more about Kowloon, I recently, so I was kind of prepared for this, recently watched a YouTube video, Geographics. They just do stuff about weird places in the world, uh, Kowloon Walled City. And it is really interesting because he talks about how they're crossing an invisible border into China. And that's yeah. true. Uh, after the first Opium War, um, when China leased Hong Kong to Britain, they put something in the in the stupid in the contract or whatever that said, except this fort, we keep this fort. This is a, a Chinese fort. And Britain was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And they signed it. And of course, Britain was just like, this is ours too for a long time. But then later, when it was like communist China and they actually had some more clout and power, they um uh, a bunch of refugees had set up camp in what was the old fort, and they were like building up what eventually becomes the walled city. And it's like an 18-story fucking squatters like dangerous cramps kind of place. And uh, the United Kingdom was like, we're knocking this down. And the people who live there complained to mainland China and China was like, you can't knock that down. That belongs to us. So for, <laughs> and, and the only reason they did it, China wanted it to cause problems for the UK. Like it was in their best interest to like, for them to have trouble. Cause the place was like run by the triads. Like they say that in the movie too. That's legit. Like the triads actually did run Kowloon pretty much. But I don't know. It was it's a, it was a really interesting uh, sub part of Hong Kong, and to see pictures of it from the air and stuff, it's always like mind blowing. But yeah, I guess they actually shot there too, which is really really cool. Yeah, check it out on Wikipedia sometime. the The ultimate monument to brutalist architecture. <laughs> 
soundtrack very 80s and 90s but they overuse it so fucking much in this movie i hated it i i hate hate to be such negative nelly but i hate the soundtrack in this movie it's awful oh it it was okay but like i i at the same time like oh my god it's the same song over and over again honestly like the the weird parts of the movie where they have like like lyrical songs where it's supposed to like make you feel a certain way um were like kind of cheesy that was like super cheesy like 80s shit but the stuff during like the fights in the kumite like i heard so much of like the mortal Kombat soundtrack in that <laughs> like like there's literal like i know mortal Kombat's kind of they got the whole idea from like blood sport and um big trouble in little china basically mm-hmm. uh but the music in that game, in certain spots, like the in the courtyard, the, the first stage you fight in when you f- play the f- first fight in that game, there's they rip the beat and shit from the track where they're fighting in the Kumite. Like, so much of it's in it. And then when Chong Lee's, like, getting ready to finish the guy off, like, he throat chops him or he snaps that dude's neck and he kills him, that's the fucking fatality shit. <laughs> that, that, that's, they, they rip it from that, too. Johnny Cage's uh, nut punches in this movie, right? Where he does yep. the split and blam. Yeah, I was like, oh, Johnny Cage does that shit. The fighting in this um, movie was good. Uh, I'll say that when it gets to the tournament area, I highly enjoyed it. Uh, they showed yeah. off a lot of different styles, um, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, again, Jackson being a douche. Uh, when he, you know, gets fucking Chong Lee down, he just starts prematurely fucking celebrating. And, you know, John claude Van- By the way, I had a- another Mandela effect because I thought Jackson died in this movie uh, when the first time I watched it. And then I came back and he's just like, you know, he, he just hurt his head. That's it. <laughs> he almost dies. Yeah. And um, again... I mean, I guess I kind of felt for Jackson a little bit, but like John Claude Van Damme showing that he cared about his best friend didn't really translate well. Uh, I thought it, it just looked really cheesy. I guess probably because his. But he kissed him on the side of the head. That means they love each other. <laughs> he said, "I love you, my friend," mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah, I love you too." Uh, honestly, I believe that more than I believed the relationship between him and the reporter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I did. What a bitch, by the way. Uh, pretty much after they get out of the hospital with uh, Jackson, she goes, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to see you get hurt." And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? A reporter? Why? You know, because your you, your dad wanted you to be a reporter. You wanted to make him proud and all that stuff. And he does that speech, and then he like shows his reason, like he wants to." You know, his training dad, I guess, his karate training dad or whatever style. His karate dad. (laughs) 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 And then she goes, okay. Like, she kind of agrees with it and then walks away, then goes to the fucking police. And then (laughs) that police scene, by the way, uh, where, you know, he uh, destroys Hong Kong police and... You know, takes the taser. By the way, those tasers, isn't like 14,000 volts kill you? They said 50,000 volts. Yeah, Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like they looked weird. I don't know what tasers were like in 1988. So I guess I'll give the movie a benefit of the doubt. I have no clue. (laughs) 
But he, you know, he owns them, and then I guess they give up and they just watch Takumite because they're just like, we can't fucking catch this guy. So, yeah, then they start rooting for him. Yeah. Um, what'd you guys think of Chong Lee? Did you think he was a good villain? Uh, yes. Uh, insofar as like in the 80s, villains didn't need development, they just need to be intimidating. He's intimidating as fuck. Mm-hmm. And it, what I really liked about this villain is he wasn't overpowering, even though he killed like most of his uh, opponents. But there was times where some of the competitors got a good shots in and he did bleed a little bit. And you were just like, oh, you know, he's he's human. You know, it's building up to that moment where John claude Van Damme is going to fucking destroy him. Um, Would you think I, I like the part where, you know, he kills the one dude and then they all turn his back, <laughs> their, their backs on him, kind of. Like, it was like shame, shameful. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, fuck out of here. I'm the fucking best. What what else? Uh, I guess my question is, we pointed out a few bad things. What did you guys really, really like about the movie? The fight choreography. Exactly I mean, that. there's other there's other stuff that I liked pretty well. I liked a lot of the uh, like the, the establishing shots of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Everything else I thought was like bad to mediocre. But the 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 fight choreography saves this movie. Like this movie is entertaining solely on the fights. Yeah, once it gets past the like the begin beginning part and the stupid love scene bullshit where we have to see John Claude Van Damme's ass for a second. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that was for the, that was for the ladies, brother. He had appeal for women too. <laughs> and they that's always... what it says. That's what it says in the production notes. <laughs> and they always have to show John Claude Van Damme doing a split. I think that's his trademark. I guess right. Yeah, I think trademarks. I think the guys that fucking fa- discovered him or whatever uh, saw that he could do that. Like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> that's known as the Van Damme split. <laughs> He does like, like every movie, right? It's like ever, ever since Bloodsport, I think so. But like, I, and like, oh yeah, you know, it's cool seeing him do that. And then like, they do it like four times. But the only time where I felt like it was really cool was when he was like doing his fucking uh, kata or whatever the shit, his meditation on top of that fucking temple that, that overlooked like the whole city. Yeah, that was one. That was one of the shots I was thinking about when I said they did a good like, job. That, that's an awesome shot. Yeah. Something actually caught my eye, but I don't know if it was a plane or something. But there was a mountain there. Uh, either either somebody said, "Oh fuck, there's a mountain there," and decided to go up. But it looked like a plane. Just here's the the peak of the mountain, and then a plane went like. And I'm like, holy shit! Did that? Did they almost hit that mountain and shit? It was weird. Maybe it was a UFO. Maybe they called a UFO on camera. That'd be funny. Check it out. <laughs> um yeah I, I thought that that scene was uh well shot uh what'd you guys think of the chase scene throughout hong kong between him and the two agents i guess silly yeah. that i couldn't believe that they could keep pace with him like at all yeah well he like stops a couple times to mock them mm-hmm. yeah there's a couple times where he stops and then he, they, he lets him catch up a bit but then there's times where it's just like they're cutting it's like between cuts and they're like 
keeping pace with him. <laughs> that like, oh, that scene just reminded me that he's not as good as some other martial arts action stars. Like uh, Van Damme's fine, but if this had been like a Jackie Chan movie, that that chase scene would have been amazing. But instead, it's it yeah. just like him running down some alleys and it was boring. <laughs> I think the only like thing that is close to what I guess Jackie Chan would do as far as stunts is when he's going across the little little river thing and going on those boats like that's and then Forrest Whitaker and the, the white dude just falls into the water and they all laugh at him I mean that, <laughs> <laughs> um I guess another question would be out of obviously the main characters like Jackson Chong Lee and um John Claude Van Damme's character what, what other fighter did you find interesting in that kumite Man, whoever the, the black guy was with that weird fighting, I don't know what the hell that fighting he, style was. I think he was supposed to be like African or something. Yeah, that was crazy. I thought so. Yeah, he was like, he, he was fighting like, I don't know, like, it seems to remind me a little bit of like Capoeira, but he does like this thing, like he's fighting like an animal or some shit. And he's like rolling around and he's like jumping on you and stuff. And I was like, what that has to be based on something because mm-hmm. he's, do, it's, he's doing it like way too good. And I thought the uh, the Muay Thai fighter, I don't know what the fuck his, his nationality was. I thought he was British for some reason, but he might have been, like, from Spain or fucking uh, Mexico because he had, like, Pedro or some shit on his trunks. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that confused me because he looked like, to me, I don't know why, he just looked like some British guy. All the white guys got fucked up besides Jean-Claude Van Damme and, I guess, Jackson for a little bit. Well, the, the, there weren't the, any of them, I don't think. Well, the Muay Thai dude, he fucked up Jean-Claude Van Damme, actually, when they had their fight. He, mm-hmm. he, he, like, he did that thing where he puts his fists up. He's like, come on, like, he's to do the, it's like doing the test of strength in wrestling. And he's like, okay. He had, like, and a Sagat like, kind of stance a little bit. Yeah, and he, like, elbows him right in the fucking jaw. And he's like, oh, shit. Like, he just <laughs> didn't expect that. And it was kind of a little weird uh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme's fighting stance because... He'll set up, he'll like do a stance, but then he'll get like tired a little bit and then he'll like ease up a little bit. I don't know if that was a little show off or just like he was, I I don't know. It just seemed really off to me. Like everybody else was stance and stuff and like they would like move up and have a defensive stance. His was just more like, oh, let me do a defensive stance and then let me laxy daisy and then go back to it again. I don't know. I found that a little weird. Who knows? Maybe it's some type of fucking fighting style. Uh, and I like that uh, John claude Van Damme's character tells Jackson, he's like, he's weak in the gut. Go for the gut. And he's like, fuck, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Stop being my mom. And yeah. then he, like, almost dies. <laughs> yeah, he almost dies. <laughs> um... I'm trying to think what else. There's really hey, nothing you know, else, right? You know, way back in the um, the flashbacks, which were a little confusing the way those were constructed anyway, because it was like, first he has like the flashback when he's a teenager, then he it, it bleeds into like a flash forward flashback when he's like a young adult or late teenager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens when you stare at a sword? I guess. And your it, like, flashes before your eyes. 
it wasn't real clear. Did Tanaka's son get killed in the Kumite? They don't say that. I he died, but I don't understand how. And yeah. it's hard to tell he was still a child. So <laughs> I, like, hit by a car or something, cancer. I don't know. Like they don't say. It's just like his son died. That's all you need to know. Because yeah, I, I was confused too. Because he said, like, when, you know, they're at the school or some <laughs> shit, he get ganged up on, then he saves him from getting his ass kicked. Yeah. He's like, one day I'll fight the Kubite and I'll make my dad proud. And, like, then if it fades and it shows his picture and he's fucking dead, I'm like, did he get the Kubite get killed? <laughs> like, what happened? It seems like if they were going to write that, they would write, like, he was in the Kumite, he was killed by this, this Chong Lee guy, and then later you'd see Chong Lee, and there would be, like, a, like a, memory or something like him reading about it or like a flashback of Chong Lee, like breaking the kid's neck or something. Yeah. I don't know. But no, they just, uh, he died. Um, That's where I thought this was going and it totally didn't. It was just like, I've proved myself to my, my sensei, my karate dad. And I'm like, I, I think I just came up with a better plot than what they did. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> also, why is the trophy for the tournament a katana? Because you, you earn it. it. Because China has katanas for some reason. Don't shut up. No. <laughs> first of all, they're not in China. Second of all, China doesn't have katanas. Hong Kong is fucking China. You ask China, they'll tell you. <laughs> no, it is now, but it wasn't in 1988. Eh, they fucking still saw it that way. You, you know they did. Or they were just playing off of the katana that was in the living room and the part where he's like, you don't take well, I know, it. Yeah, you got to earn it, but I don't like it's a it's an international tournament ran by triads, a Chinese ran by ethnic Chinese people. They had a katana, I guess. It's Why? Just, it's like, it would be like <laughs> a trophy or a check or, you know, a, a ceremonial Chinese sword. Yeah. <laughs> or money. Choose. They're like, what do you want? And he was like, I want my own katana. That's because they know fucking Chinese swords are bullshit and I'm nobody cares about them. It's like, our swords suck. Let's just take a Japanese sword. Let's culturally appropriate this. <laughs> you know, they could have done money unless that katana is worth a lot of money. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Just like, oh, you win $100,000, 100,000 euros, 100,000 bullshit Hong Kong dollars. That was another plot I thought of. I thought, like, is his master, like, just, he looks fine but they say he's really ill or something oh yeah like he could have needed money for surgery or something yeah like maybe he needs money for treatment and he's like not rich he's like well fucking like there i just made the movie better again this movie (laughs) is really underdeveloped in the plot department you can tell they were like man i want to shoot a movie with a bunch of badass martial arts we have all these great martial artists um i i'm talking to this this frank duck guy and he's telling me about this Kumite stuff. I'll make a movie about Kumite. I'll, I'll make it about my buddy Frank Ducks. No, no. Frank Duckman. Not Ducks. Dukes. Oh, <laughs> like, like, put up your Dukes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that part. Oh, my God. And then him always being late and shit. And like, uh, oh, I love it's the. late, man. I love the bookie. The bookie is probably one of my favorite side characters. He's like, Dukes, are you good? You good? <laughs> he's like, I'm doing fine. Thank you. I like that part where like he's he's super late for like the last fight, and then he like the the dude who like I guess is the timekeeper, the fucking rule maker, whatever the hell. He's like, no, he's late. It's too late. And then he's like, he stuffs some like some money in his shirt. He's like, is it too late? <laughs> and then he shows up, and then he's like, he takes it back from him real quick. Yeah, that was great. I guess we uh, we we poked this movie to death. 
Hey, we gave it a little blood. I, well, no, that didn't land really well. Fuck it. Unfortunately, this movie doesn't have a ton of substance. It's a martial arts movie, so mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the way it is. It's it's all right. I mean, I know the next part is do we recommend it? Yeah, I guess I do. I guess I do. I, again, I think Enter the Dragon does everything better than this movie, but that doesn't make this movie bad. It just makes it not as good as Enter the Dragon. That's all. Zach, what about you? Recommend or not? Nah? I give it a white recommendation. Honestly, if I had to describe what this movie is more than anything, I was like, this movie is a vibe. This movie is an 80s vibe mm-hmm. with its soundtrack and its premise and what's going on in it more than anything. If you just feel like, I don't want to watch random, <coughs> excuse me, random 80s movies or whatever, uh, you know, fucking t- testosterone, fucking latent bullshit, you have yeah, blood sport. You could do worse. You could do a lot worse. And I, I, I recommend it because I did have fun in this. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit that's wrong with this movie. But like if you're looking from an entertainment point of view, I was entertained by the bad acting and the good fighting in this movie. And I guess it balances really well. Um, I guess we get one more thing before we get off of this. The, the end fight scene. Were you satisfied with the end fight scene? Uh did you think it was good? Do you think it should have been more intense? Because it was just like, kick, kick, kick. Oh, my God. Jean-Claude Van Damme got powder in his eyes. And then I guess that's where the training comes in, where, you know, he fights blind. Yeah, I liked the callback to the, the blindfolded fighting. Like, it seemed a little unnecessary, and it takes too long for him to, like, pull his head out of his ass and start doing it. Yeah, that's what I was but- thinking. Like the whole time, the whole time he's freaking out about it, and I'm just like, <laughs> he remains so calm about everything throughout the entire film, and that just freaked him out. Like, oh my god, I'm blah. Ah, that part where he kept screaming, I just it just made me laugh. <laughs> I really love all the slow motion yells and screams, not just from Van Damme but from everyone in this movie. Though they're great. I, I yeah, I agree because it's like yeah. <laughs> my favorite one where, where is where he does like the palm strike to that one dude. He's like, <laughs> he's like a sumo wrestler or something i guess that big i don't i guess he was like a huge japanese guy i don't know oh yeah, yeah. the this one that he kicks cool. his nuts right yeah what were you gonna say andy i'm sorry for cutting you off i i said this movie's fine i i uh i'm what's the next one we're gonna watch time, time cop. cop okay there probably won't be as much martial arts in that huh no <laughs> there is fighting in it but not as much as this one Okay, that's fine. It's just I just uh, I, I'm in a martial arts mood, and I it's fine. I, I just got um, from the there's a Criterion half off sale going on for a few more days. I just got this. I got my Bruce Lee box set. And now I want to watch it. I actually want to bring this up to you guys right now, live on the air. Uh, I know in our little promo video, I had John Claude Van Damme dance from Kickboxer. Yeah, that's so, the movie that came out after this one. Yeah, I know we wanted. I mean, I still want to do Time Cop, but maybe we'll come back to uh, fighting martial arts again after Zach's movie. Do you guys want to add Kickboxer to the rank? I don't know. We could just do martial arts movies. That way I can choose one of my Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. I'm kind of curious as to how Kickboxer would st- stack up to Bloodsport. So, it's about I mean, Muay Thai, right? I believe, you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so, but I don't know. John Clyde Van Damme, maybe, 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 maybe not. I mean, I'm for it. Zach seems for it. So I guess two to one, Andy. Sorry. I guess we'll do a fourth movie, Kickboxer. So 
All right. Next movie, Time Cop. Remember to watch that and then come back here and we'll talk about it. So let's get into some Nintendo news. Andy, you actually brought this up on Facebook. I glanced over it, but I want you to talk about it. Oh, the Nintendo Giggly. It's everywhere. Like, it's on... It's on every uh, gaming news thing right now. It's like one of the largest singular leaks from a video game company in the last many years. Someone, uh, I guess it originated from 4chan, how do you like that? But it's basically two leaks. One of them is mostly like Super Nintendo era shit, and the next one has Super Nintendo and also a bunch of Nintendo 64 stuff. And there are like early builds of, of big games, um, beta concepts, early like the scratch sheets for... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? The early scratch sheets for bit art, like the earliest form of Yoshi. Yoshi used to look more like a dinosaur than he did eventually. They found Luigi in Super Mario 64. They found um, an early build of what would have been Super Mario Brothers 5, and it's using like the Yoshi silent art style, but it's about an actual different character from Mario or Yoshi. Uh, they found... I I can't even remember now, but it's just like countless stuff. And some of it's like really small things like you wouldn't expect. Like when they first started developing um, Mario Kart 64, they were using Super Mario Kart assets. So it has like the same um, bit bit crushed uh, um, sprites, but it's in Mario 64 and it looks really bizarre. And it's uh, there's like an early build of the Deku Forest from, Mar uh, from Ocarina of Time. It's so interesting, like every corner. And that's that's like one of my one of my passions, too, is like game preservation and history and development and stuff like that. And Nintendo is super good about holding on to this old, this old stuff, but they never publish it. They never make it um, public, which is a shame because it's all super interesting. So I guess someone at their company did it for them, as far as I can tell. But uh, they, they haven't commented publicly about this whatsoever. So we have no idea where it came from or anything like that. I don't know why they never bothered to think. Uh, yeah, it kudos to them for actually holding on to all this stuff. Because yeah, most other companies just throw that shit away. Yep. But um, I don't know why they never thought to create like a book, like the the unearth the Nintendo archives or some yeah, shit. They'd make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, a fuck ton of people would buy that. Yep, a hundred percent. But yeah, like other Japanese companies, um, Konami, Sega, both famously, and a bunch of others too. They just when they're done with the game, they just throw that shit out. It's just gone forever. Yep, that's idiotic. What? Don't do that. But Nintendo hangs on to everything, as evidenced by these leaks, and a bunch of it's like canceled games, games that were never even announced. And uh, I, I, it's so cool. I, I like it behooves of anyone who's interested in that stuff to go check it out. Cause it's, there's all, there's all this little minutia that's just like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. That's so interesting. I want Luigi 64. Make that a thing. He was in a, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, did you guys ever hear the, the old, um, the, the, the schoolyard rumor that Luigi was in Mario 64. There's that, uh, statue where the boos are when you get into the boo house and it has like a, uh, uh, compressed image on the star statue and no one can really read it but if you zoom in on it it looks like it says l is real 2401 and people always thought that meant luigi is real and 2401 is like the clue about how you unlock luigi and people tried for just years and years and years and years and years trying to figure out what it meant and someone on twitter pointed out the fact that it had been exactly um I can't remember what it was. It was like 24 years and a month or something like that since Mario 64 had launched. And we discovered 
from these leaks that Luigi had originally been in Mario 64. Oh my god. <laughs> like something like that. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> That's great. But, but uh, like people used emulators and they took all the assets from these builds and reassembled Luigi and now they have him in there. Not just that, but a bunch of like enemies that got cut. Like there used to be bomb bombs with like little scissor arms and stuff and they like someone like rebuilt it using the data from the leaks and now you can play it in a 64 emulator on your computer. That's cool. Yeah. Oh man. Um <laughs> when is Nintendo going to have a big direct instead of these mini ones? That's that's the question, but I guess I guess they're going to like the pandemic fuck it, we'll, we'll release it when we want to release it thing uh, that a lot of game companies are doing now. We're just like, instead of doing it in June, we're just going to do it in August because fuck it. Because <laughs> we do what we want. I assume they'll just do it when they have something to announce. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of announcements. So remember how I pumped up the Xbox game showcase? I, I thought it was okay. Um, the internet is divided, uh, like usual, uh, because Halo Infinite apparently has shitty graphics uh, because they had a, a couple of like render things. Keep in mind, I'll say this. Phil Spencer and every fucking Microsoft executive uh, in a suit were just like, we're going to show you games and we're going to showcase you what the Series X is all about. And then you show up with Halo Infinite uh, with pop in renders, textures that are kind of bland and then say rate tracing is coming out after Series X launches, meaning that it's not going to launch with the Series X. Keep in mind, the gameplay looks fucking amazing. I'm excited. It looks like it's going back to original Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2. I got Halo 3 vibes out of that trailer. Hey, but I, he's got a Bionic Commando claw now, right? Yeah. The grappling hook. It, why, why in the world, and I understand if you're paying for a $500 system, that it should show off the power of the graphics. But why in the world are we still caring about fucking graphics more than gameplay? Shouldn't gameplay come first, then story, then graphics third? Because these graphics look like they belong on Xbox 360. That's why. I'm just being honest. It, I, I was surprised at how bad it looked. And I don't even care about Halo, really. I still haven't seen it. I, 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 thought, I, I thought it looked kind of like really bad. I saw a close-up of something's face, and it looked like it was like... Yeah, but come on. If you could take any other fucking video game and you do... Besides Sony, let's let's take Sony out of the equation a little bit. Because, like, God of War, great. Uh, Last of Us 2 and 1, great with their textures and stuff. And they would never show off what Halo did. But if I took a build that uh, is not a you know, polish build and I zoom in on a fucking face, you know, in the distance, you're going to find something <laughs> very bland like that brute was. Well, uh, I'm not even talking about the brute necessarily. I was just, it didn't look like, it just didn't look like something new to me. It looked something, it looked like an older game. Honestly, I was kind of surprised by how just in general, the look of it, it, it looked like a game that came out that could have come out 10 years ago. 
Well, what I heard the the showcase that they showed on their thing was like a four month, uh, like it, this was built in January. Um, okay. But here's my thing: they after the showcase, they released a four K sixty frames per second uh, polished trailer, and I'm like, <laughs> why didn't you just fucking put that in the fucking showcase? Like, yeah. There's obvious still renders that are still popping in in the background. I don't really give a fuck because there are games yeah. that still do that today. Yeah. And I think those people, uh, you know, are nitpicking and doing a console war and stuff. Um, but I think Microsoft should never like if this game is not done and there is shit that needs to be worked on, delay the game. Because if you release a unfinished Halo Infinite for your Series X and it doesn't hit expectations on day one, it's probably going to be a console killer, in my opinion. Because you have a vowed that apparently is going to be like uh, Skyrim. Um, it's being made by Obsidian. Uh, they're making their own like medieval fantasy world kind of thing. That's a AAA game that's apparently coming out in about like two to three years. Because... People complained about Xbox not having games and not having AAA games, and now they fi finally put money into their AAA games uh, game list, and people now are complaining, ha-ha, you're not going to have you know, a lot of games in year one, which we already knew about that. Remember when that Matt Booty fucking uh, article that came out that most of their first-party titles are not going to be on year one? Like, there's only going to be a handful? And it kind of yeah. shows, like... Crossfire X is kind of like a Counter-Strike, um, Ghost Recon, not Ghost Recon, I, I, I always go back to Ghost Recon, but, uh, Counter-Strike meets Call of Duty, uh, that, that's their answer to the Call of Duty that's gonna be a first party, that's gonna come out on launch, um, Fable is gonna be a long ways, uh, which, by the way, that teaser at the end, I, they had to show that at the end, but, like, Again, we had a teaser, what, like 10 years ago about Fable? Where it's just like, oh, we're going to tease you Fable, it's coming, then it never came. Uh, yeah. Oh, is this that same game? I always kind of thought that was a Fable that they, they stopped developing. Uh, it's, I think it's made by the same developers. Uh, it's just that people demanded it, and people are going to get what they want, uh, which, which is good. What the showcase showed is that Game Pass is going to be an amazing experience, a, a, a good deal of gaming, because everything that was announced at the Xbox showcase are all coming to Game Pass. And, dude, $15 for a Game Pass Ultimate where you get PC, Xbox, and uh, every game that comes out for Microsoft on day one, uh, that's a good deal. And then you're hearing about Project X Cloud. Um, you're getting that for free in, in Game Pass Ultimate. That's fucking amazing. I mean, I know we're not big on streaming, but I would never pay for fucking, like, a Stadia. At least I'm getting it for free with uh, Game... Well, not technically free, but getting it with Game Pass Ultimate, I'll be able to at least try out their streaming thing. If it's good, it's good. You know, I'm willing to test out the technology. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. They showed off Forza Motorsport, like usual. Um... And I was like, oh, that game. Why did they need to announce it? That that game's not coming out this year. But I guess they wanted to show it off. 
And uh, Dragon Quest is finally on Xbox. So it's on Game Pass right now. <laughs> the, the, the 10th one, I think. Mm. Bottom line is, and one thing I want to get out of the way is I was a little disappointed that Microsoft wanted to show off these games, but there was no gameplay to show. And I think this pandemic kind of hurt things a little bit, and it sucks. I I, I truly think that PS5 and Xbox are going to hurt in their first year because most of their big games are not going to be launched. I think most of them are going to be delayed, and we're still going to be dealing with uh, games like uh, Cyberpunk, which I'm hype about, but that's not a next-generation game. And I think Xbox knew that, so that's why they're doing their smart delivery thing that you know you could you could play halo infinite on your xbox one x you could play cyberpunk on your xbox one x and then when we launch our new console you could bring that game for free i think they knew that was coming and that's why matt booty came out with that article being like oh our first party games are not gonna be in year one i'm still hyped for xbox i like game pass i'm still all all in on xbox that's my final word and uh, Andy, just glance at Halo Infinite and tell me what you think next week. Um, I guess we'll end it here. You guys have any other news to talk about? No. No? All right. I think we will end it here, guys. Uh, if you want to catch more of our podcast, which we have Big Trouble Little Podcast, getting some color coming back into action soon after me and... Zach, watch um, one and two of Raw. Uh, and soon I'm going to be finished with the books, and then we'll get back onto the Nemesis project. Uh, we have our Accelerated Gamer project coming in, in the works soon. And then another project that I will be announcing soon. But stay tuned. A little hint has something to do with Xbox. I'll, g- I'll give you that hint. Um, but I guess... If you want to catch those podcasts, go to Nerd Review Network on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Red Circle. And I guess watch Time Cop and then come back here. Until next time, everybody, peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye.